Welcome to the third season of Pop Culture Elevator. You might get off on the wrong floor, but it'll still be the right one. I'm Danny. And I'm Mark. We're going to follow the rabbit down some deeper holes, and we might just make it to Wonderland. That's the adventure we're looking for. We will deep dive into some newer films, but also take a look at some of our older favorites. No movie is too big or too small for us to handle, and hey, we'll even have time to talk about film news and our favorite celebrities. That's why we're the hosts of Pop Culture Elevator. Now let's, let's get, get this show on the road. And passengers, we'd love for you to message us. So if you'd like to, you can reach us at a few different places. Our email is popcultureelevator at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is PCE Podcast. Instagram is at popcultureelevator. Facebook is facebook.com slash popcultureelevator. When Mark and I talk about pop culture, we have a hard time censoring ourselves. So there are spoilers. Some of these spoilers are many years old and some only a few days old. We just want you to know what you're getting into. So if you haven't seen the movie we were talking about, you might want to pause this and watch said film. This is your spoiler warning. All right. Welcome to Pop Culture Elevator. That's I am right, your host. Where the fun doesn't stop. <laughs> Sorry. The fun don't stop. <laughs> I am your host, Podcast, here with my other host, Podcast. Podcast 2. That MPEG. <laughs> Oh, man. You know, we're having technical difficulties with the video, so if you eventually watch us on YouTube, I am sorry that uh, Mark is not showing up. But he's still here with us. He's talking, and he's going to tell us our sponsor. That's right. The villain in Dick Tracy would like to say that today's sponsor is <laughs> precise public adjusting. Give them a call if you're having trouble with a uh, property loss claim. They'll make sure that your insurance carrier <laughs> treats you the way that they agreed to. Once again, that, that once again, that's precise public adjusting at 817-992-5040. And make sure you let them know. To tell them the pop culture elevator sent you. That oh is just that, that is just our our luck. I'm tired, man. So that's like indicative yeah. of how <laughs> I feel. I woke up at 4 a.m. this morning and uh couldn't oh get God. back to sleep. Oh, I hate that. Oh, I was all I was on my phone and then I closed my eyes a little bit and I back on my phone and I closed my eyes. And then my kid woke up and we brought him into the bed, and then I left the room to go play Spider-Man uh on the PS5, and then I <laughs> Then he was like, nope, I want you back in here. I went back in there and he didn't want me there. So I went back out and played games. And then he called me again. It just was like one of those mornings. And then I went and played disc golf. And uh, I'm just exhausted from that and from not sleeping. So, yeah, yeah, of course. Fun times. But uh, yeah, fun times. just because we're tired doesn't mean we're not here for you passengers. That's right. We're always here for you. <laughs> you can let us you can you can call us anytime i'm not giving you my email though yeah <laughs> call me just five 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 uh if i remember the ghostbusters phone number off the top of my head i would just put that out there true Hey, we're talking about Ghostbusters Afterlife. That's right. Oh, my gosh. I was so excited. I had my expectations curtailed because 
uh well i didn't i didn't see the the most recent facebook or facebook reboot. ghostbusters release yeah the reboot uh but i was just like oh you know i don't know what they're gonna do so but it's it's revisiting the classics and i'm just like oh my gosh okay so i am pleased as punch to talk about this movie today there's a there's a stigma going in here right because um the past several years i'd say the past almost uh five to 10 years has been all about this uh let's make sequels to 30 year old movies yeah um uh, milking a, the teat as i call it this is a 37 year old movie it's so funny i said how old uh how old is ghostbusters and 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 someone said well it came out in 84 and that was your birthday so how old are you i was like oh yeah duh <laughs> 37 years uh that's insane to me that we're it's good and it's bad at the same time because it's like you know you could either really mess up a, a sequel uh, or a franchise that way. But um, like, I, I think for instance, movies like dumb and dumber two. Um, oh, that was where wow. it was like, wait, two or dumb two. and dumber. Okay. Got you. Two dumb and dumber er is the prequel, but yeah. um, we, we won't count that. Um, yeah. But dumb and dumber two, like it, it was okay. There were some funny parts to it, but it was nowhere near like a, it, it should have like, revamped my love for dumb and dumber and it didn't exactly they did not put another coin in the jukebox there right so a lot of these times we get these these movies that are out decades after their original and you're like oh that's uh that's tough and we've done a few of them where we've we've reviewed them and it's it's like they're not amazing they're okay um but this one is uh directed by uh jason reitman who is the son of Ivan Reitman, who directed and wrote with Dan Aykroyd the original uh, two films. And so uh, here we, you know, it's passing, it's literally in two senses of the word, passing the torch. Uh, We've got the new crew on screen and we've got the new uh, director, both of which are family. Uh And uh, it's a really nice, uh, I mean, it is for sure 100% uh, a love letter to the original film. Uh, which I, which I found. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I was scared. I was scared because, because uh, you almost have to say, because Ghostbusters is a beloved franchise to a lot of people, right? Absolutely. Like Ghostbusters is hand, hands down one of my favorite eighties films ever made. Um, but like to other people, Star Wars is like their favorite thing ever. Like I love Star Wars as well. And then the force awakens came out and it was like a beat for beat remake and the not remake and not beat for beat, but it was so close that um, that you could say, oh, there's the Death Star. There's this. They have to do this. There is the damsel in distress, you know, and it's um, it, it, they could have done that here and it could have worked, but it would have worked. You know, everyone would be like, meh, this was this was using. It's hard to, to put it into words, but I think the best way of saying it is instead of it being like a beat for beat, like this happens, this happens, this happens. Uh-huh. It was more like, let's take things from the original movie and and have a natural progression to them. Right. Everything- um, and that's what I would say is it kind of doesn't like pick up right where it left off, but essentially it kind of does. You know, uh, I mean, there's some there's some turmoil that we miss out on, but essentially they just throw us into what was it 20 years 
plus, right? So 37 years, 37 years. So yeah, uh, oh my gosh, 84 yeah. 84 to 21. Wow. So yeah, so they, say they, they just fast forward you to that point and then you're just like, whoop, well, okay, so let's figure out what's going on. Right. And they, so Jason Reitman movies are very much um, family dramas. And this definitely takes in that family drama to account, which was really nice. It kind of was like a nice added layer to get to know the characters. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it takes place literally. Okay. The ending of the first Ghostbusters film is they, uh, they defeat Gozer by uh, sending Gozer back to his, hers, the realm, their realm, their land. Right. But they didn't, they didn't, kill gozer they didn't trap gozer they just sent gozer back yeah they just closed the door which was really cool to kind of think about because if you're watching that movie you could have said oh they've defeated gozer and that's it but this movie takes into account like okay there were multiple factions of people who worshipped gozer and uh and and ivan shondor the guy who built the original uh building from the first movie uh he led the factions a lot of them trying to get them to be um to bring gozer back right so it's uh-huh. really cool that we kind of got like that little bit of lore there with with bringing ivan shondor back uh we've got shondor mountain which is basically the first thing that we are shondor mining uh which is the first thing we see um as as egon spangler uh is old man driving away from obviously a, uh, a, a um, one of the hounds. Right. Uh, I guess you would say it's um, Carpathian. Uh, uh, that's Gozer. Gozer's the Carpathian. So I guess they're Carpathian. Uh, uh, what do you call them? Hellhounds? Yeah, there was a name, and I can't think of the name right now, which is bothering me. But uh, you know, there's a lot of lore to the uh, Ghostbusters. I could turn around and go look in my shelf, and I'll pull out the. Um, see if I'll do that really quick. I'll Just do it. I, yeah, <laughs> I have the uh, Tobin's Spirit Guide from the first movie. Nice. Hold on, I'm off headphone for a second here, as I grab my uh, Tobin's Spirit Guide here. I did buy the spirit guide when the 2016 movie came out. Uh, I love it because it on it, it's like written by Ray stance, Egon Spangler. And then the real uh, writer of the book. But I think the, the, the hellhound is in here with a name, but I'm going to, it's going to, it's one of those things that bothers me because I should know it with how much I love these movies. And I remember reading it and thinking oh that's that's it that's the name and and then of course i don't write these things down because i'm not the best student oh yes i'm a teacher but i'm not a good student uh you know how these things work oh here's uh here's vigo vigo the carpathian is the is the sorry vigo the carpathian not um not what's her face oh those are um oh, oh vince man. vince clortho uh-huh vince clortho and zool are the are the two hellhounds hellhounds yeah oh yeah. i'm sorry i thought you were like trying to figure out if they were carpathian like you know what i mean like where they were from 
No, no, no. Realize you're asking their names. Sorry. Names. Vince, Vince Clortho and Zool. That's right. I and I always, whenever I hear Vince Clortho, I always hear uh Rick Moranis. Yeah, Vince of course. Clortho. And as soon as I hear Zool, I'm like, there is no data, only Zool. Yeah. But you have one of them uh, obviously going after um Egon. So this let's talk about the the elephant in the room though, which okay. is Harold Ramis. Yeah, right? rest in peace, man. Man, the loss of Harold Ramis, it's it's sad. It's really hard to know that originally when they were trying to figure out how to make a sequel to Ghostbusters, that mm-hmm. they they could have come to something and gotten Harold Ramis on board and all of them would have been uh together on the screen again. Um, but without him, it's, it's hard to do these movies, especially when it's like, you've got to do it in such a way that you are not, uh, tarnishing the memory of, of Harold Ramis. Right. Of course. Um, but this movie, it did it absolutely perfectly. And we had Uh, the technology to do so. And, and let me tell you, if you went and saw rogue one and you were like, uh, Target Tarkin's CGI is awful, right? Like Tarkin's CGI was terrible in Rogue One. Yep. Um, this CGI is just done brilliantly. Mm-hmm. And I almost say this, you know, there I, I don't think there was any way that Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, and the and and uh Ernie Hudson would have come back had they not been able to do this perfectly. Uh, I agree. But the beginning of the movie has Egon driving through uh, the town trying to get away from this hellhound. You don't see his face, but you know it's him. And if you you were a fan of Harold Ramis and you went and saw his movies at his his older age, you knew what he looked like. They did a very good job of of recreating him. Uh, And so he's mostly in the shadows, but you see the signature little goatee that he had. And his, his hair age, and his hair. And you're like, that's Harold Ramis or that's supposed to be Harold Ramis. Um, and he's driving away from the hellhound. And uh, well, this is it was a lovely um, shot of him. He, he obviously got one of the hellhounds in a trap mm-hmm. uh, and he put the trap in uh, in his house, hit it so that no one could find it. And the other hellhound, um, either Zool or Vince Blortho, uh, took Egon's life. Same exact way that he grabbed Dana Barrett in the chair. Exactly. I thought that was so cool. That was wonderful. Um, but I feel like he was, that was intentional and bait. Cause it's like, he sits in the, the chair, like it looked like intentional. And then it, the, the hellhound gets him. Yeah. So well, I'm sure uh, he knew this was it. There was no way yeah, he was getting out of it. Yeah. This is like his, his end game, literally. And I say that intentionally because truly, especially how things end up playing out, this is one of the most impactful movies for me as far as like being attached to a character and then have, you know, obviously post-mortem he comes back, but the the whole performance like truly was tear jerking. Yeah, it really was. And so like the, the scene, how they did that death scene was just so beautiful because you see the, the claws come out and grab them through the couch. Uh, mm-hmm. It turns the whole thing around. And then they zoom, they zoom out of the house. They're showing just the house and you just see a spirit uh, float away, just yeah. like in the movies, uh, the original movies, which is um, beautiful. 
Yeah. Also using the effects, you know, using mm-hmm. those, those effects from the movie, instead of doing something new, they use that, like sh- that purple pink streaking light, like yeah. which is so well done for me. Cause that just was nostalgia in itself. Now they could have done, they could have gotten away with this movie just being nostalgia nuggets. Right. right. They could have, they could have done that, but Reitman loves this series so much. I mean, Jason Reitman was on set as a child with all of the Ghostbusters while filming the original movies. So mm-hmm. it's like for him, this is a love affair. He's trying to do something loving. I understand. I understand how hard of a job he had because he had to come in here and he had not only had to tr- had to try to make a franchise relevant again for new, uh, for lack viewers. of a term, customers, viewers. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, he had to also appease the, new crowd so uh, that's a hard line jj abrams uh kind of tried to really hard to do that in force awakens and i'd say that he uh, he failed on the front of trying to make it good for older uh older people who loved it and tried to go more for like let's grab new people in uh, uh, i mean it was okay it was fine it was fine it was middle of the road where uh, I, without Harold Ramis, I think they did the best that they could. No, no, no. I'm sorry. We're t- I'm talking Force Awakens. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, they did no, the best I, they could. But yeah, I, that was terrible. I think Jason Reitman did an amazing job with this. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, that's just my thought process. I thought uh, Jason Reitman did such a good job making me feel like it still attached itself to Ghostbusters, but also introduced a new cast of characters. But I would also argue that the, the reason that they worked was because of um, McKenna Grace, who plays Econ's Econ's granddaughter, Phoebe. Um, Who also, I did not realize uh, she's got a huge uh, amount of movies under her belt already from being a child. Wow. uh, Actress. So going through here and seeing all the stuff that she's done before, but um, of note, like some of the the bigger ones that I'll say of note, like I, Tanya, uh, she was in, um, she was, she was in, in I, Tanya. That's awesome. She was Tanya eight to 12 years old. Cool. She was in the haunting of Hill house on Netflix. She I was, forgot. I didn't realize that was her. She was young Theo uh, ready player one. She's a kid in it. Uh, she was young Carol Danvers in Captain Marvel. Um, she was in the show Fuller House. She was uh, in The Handmaid's Tale. She was young Madison in Malignant. Jeez, she has got so much under her belt. Yeah, dude, and it's and that's just that's part of it. That's like not even a third of it. So uh, she's she's got a huge amount of movies under her belt, and I think that she uh really just takes this movie and 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 she is Egon's granddaughter like she is the perfect person to replace the Egon character in this in these movies it's almost like she studied the originals very well um uh-huh. so having her on board was, was of course fantastic um you know Carrie Coon playing the mo- the mother she was really good and I didn't realize this, but she was Proxima Midnight in Avengers Infinity War. Um, huh. She was the the BA uh, helper of of Thanos. Wow! I didn't know. I didn't. Yeah, know. I did not know that either. That's wow. She is accomplished. 
Yeah. This is and insane. Then, let's see who else we got Paul Rudd, you know, mm-hmm. Paul Rudd. We got Finn Wolfhard from uh, stranger things. I mean, this is a, this is a good cast. Uh, Logan Kim who plays podcast. Uh, one of my students, the other day <laughs> I like him a lot. I loved podcast. Although can we stop putting in little Asian characters with just uh, nicknames like uh, short round? <laughs> Yeah, they can have a name, right? Yeah, they can have a name. Um, But Logan Kim, who plays podcast, he's from the area. One of my students the other day was like, hey, there's that little Asian kid in the movie. He goes to church with me. I was like, that's insane. That is really cool. Also, (laughs) McKenna Grace, who played Phoebe, she's uh, she's from Grapevine. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's I was just uh, I'm talking about that with Danielle and I was just like, man, all the best people come from like this area, Grapevine slash Burleson, like right here. It's yeah, I mean, awesome. There's a ton of those those kids that just pop up. Uh, Demi Lovato's from Grapevine. Uh, there's a few others. Anyway, um, and then of course, you know, we've got. Uh, I didn't know who she was before, but I really liked uh, Lucky, the the girlfriend. I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. For lack of a better term, she doesn't have a ton of uh, credits, but she's she was in that freaky, the one where uh, the the serial killer replaces bodies. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool! With, with Vince Vaughn. Yes, yeah, yeah. She was in that. I didn't see it, but I want to see it. Yeah, I've been wanting to see it. One of those ones that I wanted to watch. But not only that, but you got Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Ernie Hudson, Annie Potts, Sigourney Weaver, all coming back to reprise their roles from the original film, although. Uh, Annie Potts doesn't really get a big, big scene until the end credits. And of course, Sigourney Weaver as well. Uh, end credits scene. We do see Annie Potts originally. I was kind of hoping that Annie Potts would be the mom, but then again, she gets with uh, Louis Tolley in uh, the second movie. So that's exactly what I was hoping for. Like that somehow Annie Potts would be the mom of mini Egon. And I was just like, Oh, and then she pops up and you're thinking, yes, that's going to happen. But it, you know, it's impossible. Right. I, uh, that would be my one gripe with this movie is that they never tell us who the mother is, who the, the wife yeah. or the girlfriend or whatever of Egon is. Cause they're just like, Egon was very like non-committal to people. You're right. And was- so that's what, and, and Annie Potts handles all of his affairs and all that stuff. And I'm just like, and like maybe what I'm thinking is maybe he had a surrogate and maybe used Annie Potts egg and and did his own experiment to make a baby. Like that's <laughs> that's two, what I'm that's thinking. Two baby. Yeah, full on. I don't know. You know, who knows? Uh, it might be a thing that's in the comic books or something as well that I didn't read. I, I have no clue um, where they where they go with that as well. Probably something he might touch on in the sequel. I'm sure there's enough people that are like, who's the mother? Who did he yeah. go and sleep with? Um, and then, then there's some, it's almost, I guess the cat's probably out of the bag by now, but of course, uh, Gozer is played by Olivia Wilde, uh-huh. which was really good. And then, um, yeah, they I, really did a good job kind of updating her, her system or her system, her, uh, her ensemble is more organic looking and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, gooey like the ectoplasmic goo. Uh, I thought that was a nice touch. It was cool. And then, uh, of course, expanding on um, Gozer's uh, 
background, you know, they're talking about how Gozer was this um, is basically the the leader or the ruler of all of the realm of the dead, uh-huh. which makes perfect sense. They didn't really drive that home in the first, in the second movie, rather, or in any of the movies. They didn't really drive it home. Um, it, this one kind of expands on that, and I, I enjoyed that. I'd like to see more stuff like that. Like I, I was thinking, instead of doing another movie, which we're probably going to get, I wouldn't mm-hmm. mind like a TV series, but um, something that could give us more background on stuff. But you know, whatever. I'll take what I can get. And then Ivo Shandor, which we've heard about from the first movie and then in this movie, uh, is like a zombie almost, uh-huh. like a living dead person. But uh, you don't really know it until he actually stands up and starts talking. But as soon as he stands up and starts talking, I was like, that's J.K. Simmons. <laughs> yeah, totally. I, I didn't notice at all when he was in the coffin, like that that, that, that could be him. And <laughs> he pops up and starts talking. And you're like, all right, we are farmers. That was a that was a great scene though, just to have him just the way they did that. Ivo Shandor, you know, he's like supposed to be this big player. Finally, he pops up and he's more like a sniveling simp. We could rule the world together, and then yeah, yeah, rips him in half. Yeah, oh, I thought that was so awesome. It was great. It's like no, it's no, it will not happen. Um, I so okay. The throwbacks uh, in this movie are done so well. I just have to bring that up because I think that a lot of people are going to sit there and go, oh, they're more like member berries. Remember this? Remember this? And I never felt like any of them were like that. I felt like there were more just fun Easter eggs thrown in. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was there was one time that I was like, oh, that's a member berry, but I loved it. I'm, uh. I was a huge fan. And that's, of course, when Zool looks at Ray and says, are you a god? Yeah. And then Bill Murray's He's like, like thinking about telling the truth again. And, and Bill Murray, you know, of course, <laughs> uh, is like, Ray, come on. Like, Seriously, don't was, do this again. That was so, <laughs> are you a god? Um, when just, you, somebody asks you if you're a god, you say yes. Uh, such an iconic line. Yeah. It, you know, it's just, uh, that was good to me. That was fantastic. I'm really glad they went that route with that. I did think that she was going to ask Phoebe that when Phoebe was trying to distract Gozer. Keep yeah. Her Gozer is not man or woman. Gozer without is. gender. She yeah, can choose gender. her form. Yeah. Um, there were some really cool things in here. Of course, you know, uh, the big thing being that, that, uh, Callie, who is Egon's daughter, thinks that uh egon abandoned the family for no reason that he's a that he's an awful person well the worst part is is that he actually apparently did explain himself and nobody believed him right exactly and so then he took all the stuff and it's like wait wait a minute The, the, the guy who has all the science under his belt comes at you and you're just like nah the that's how you start a pandemic (laughs) <laughs> of ghosts that is i did uh, i did really like uh the revelations line written uh you see it twice yes. of course once in in front of egon's dirt farmhouse yes and uh on um ray's ray stance's arm it's tattooed yeah um, which and are- they're talking about that uh when uh ray and uh winston um, winston or yeah writing in the uh 
Ecto-1, just kind of going over the Brooklyn Bridge and talking about, well, what if uh, everyone or all these ghosts are happening because people are returning from the dead? Yeah. And uh, I, I just, I love that whole thing, that, that whole conversation. It truly makes the second one really creepy. Yeah, it does. It just, I mean, I just, that's one of my favorite scenes of the first movie is when they're driving in the car and, uh, you know, they're talking about revelations uh, and then, you know, it's like, well, Winston's like, well, that's happening right now. What do you think? How do you, why do you think business is booming? Uh, such a good line in that movie. I really like it. Um, Ray, you know, of course, being the heart and soul of the Ghostbusters. Uh, and then Winston, who I didn't feel gets enough love at all. When, when people make the, the, you know, they talk about the Ghostbusters, they always talk about Harold Ramis, Bill Murray, and Dan Aykroyd. Um, but Ernie Hudson, man, he's our point of view. He's like the every man that you go into and you're like, this, this is the guy who like would be us going in because we don't have the science and the knowledge. Um, I do. <laughs> um, you didn't back when you watched it the first time. Uh, oh, yeah, the 80s ones? Not yet. Yeah, so it's really nice. I to just have, watched a lot of Discovery Channel. It just feels like now Winston's character is going to get a lot more uh, love, uh, especially with that end credit scene, which we'll talk more about soon. Yes. Oh, yes. The Yeah, so... Um, I, you know, it's, I feel like we are going a, a ton around on different things, you know, but yeah, like, okay. well, it's like, it's like, we don't want to spoil it or something. And we're, you already had your spoiler warning people. You're right. In. But it's not even that I don't <laughs> want to spoil it. It's just like, there was so much about this movie that I loved. Yeah. Like I've already told you what I didn't like. And it was just the fact that we didn't find out who the mother was. Well, what I loved about this is because this is a bit of a passing of the torch film, right. From, uh, you know, the, the patriarch to the ancestor right and i love that you know she picks up the uh photon blaster right the proton blaster uh she's using uh the proton pack the proton pack and the uh the the neutrono wand yeah and uh she picks it up and yeah she knows how to pull the trigger and whatnot uh and there are some things that are a little convenient uh like she's you know she opens up the proton pack and she's like, Oh, there's like two transistors missing, like all automatically and all this stuff, uh, which, you know, indicates that she's a genius, which is awesome. But when she goes to get uh muncher, which that was the thing that upset me is because at first I thought that was supposed to be Slimer. And oh, I was yeah. like, that is a terrible mock-up of Slimer. And thank God it was not Slimer, but uh, she's, she wrangles him up with the first uh, beam and it looks like she's going to get him on like the first try and i'm like oh heck no man like please it cannot be this easy and of course like right when you think it's about to happen you know they hit a little speed bump and uh proverbially and you know she uh muncher gets away and i was like all right cool there's gonna be some trial and tribulation that actually like making this character earn it and i love that i did like muncher uh yeah, I did too. <laughs> I liked his little power that he could like munch on metal and then shoot it out like bullets because it actually made him kind of dangerous. Yeah, exactly. Which I think is, uh, you know, it takes away the, uh, you know, the the safety. Right, yeah, Slimer, Slimer was never dangerous. Slimer yeah, he was just came at you. Coming at you and slimes you. 
where Muncher is gonna like literally fill you uh, with metal bullets, essentially bullets, shrapnel. Yeah. Uh, but there were the Scaleri brothers. They were pretty oh, dangerous. Yeah, well, the sequel kind of went a little darker, right? So yeah, one uh, yeah. of the occult. Yeah, exactly. We got Vigil. Uh, yeah, and uh, they were picking up all these books, and yeah, yeah. exactly. I love that about the baby, any movie where, yeah, where it truly tries to grab a hold of the occult uh, and then run with that fiction for a little bit. Uh, you know, yeah, the 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 occult information gives you an inch and you run with it for a mile. I, yep. I love that. So Dan Aykroyd, man, uh, is a huge spiritualist, his whole family. And so it's, yes, he's really big on the whole, uh, ghost stuff. And so, uh, for him, it's like a love letter when he does these movies, uh, he's just to the occult and yeah. to his family. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what I also loved about Muncher though, uh, was his scene, uh, with the fire hydrant. Oh gosh. <laughs> And he just kind of like, they're about to get him. And he just does this like, look like, oh, you're going to get me? And just gives it a little twist and shoots water at them. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, Muncher was a fun little character. If you're going to replace Slimer, you got to replace him with something just as fun. Yeah, Um, and I think it was great that they weren't trying to just toss Slimer into the sticks. He's Because he's obviously still in New York. Which if we'll, anywhere we'll talk about it more yeah. um muncher was played by josh gad by the way which is really funny to me to have uh josh gad who you know people know his voice as olaf you know him from many many movies uh to have josh gad play the voice of muncher who muncher doesn't talk he just makes noises yeah uh made me laugh you like, oh, okay well josh gad's like hey i'll play muncher let me do that <laughs> um Muncher was a great character brought back. I liked, again, a lot of people might come into this and say, oh, it's using too much from the original movie. But I would argue that the original movie. Yeah, there were some reviews that were like, it's using too much from the originals. It's it's too much winking back and forth. But it never felt to me. Yeah, it's using the characters. It never felt to me like winking. It felt to me like, let's let's finish that storyline. Exactly. It's continuing the story. And so that's what I really liked. And, I, and the passing of the torch worked really well. Um, I know we're not talking a lot about, you know, like the new group. So let's kind of talk about the new crew. You've got uh, Phoebe podcast, which is her best friend. You've got um, what's Finn Wolfhard's character's name? Uh, Trevor. You got Trevor and then you got Lucky. And then, of course, uh, Mr. Gruberson and Callie, the parents uh-huh. who, who become all red. Who become our Vince Clortho and Zool, which uh, is pretty cool. I thought that was his. Which what I love about that whole scene, um, it, uh, my wife and I were talking about how because we're watching obviously the the remastered versions of Ghostbusters one and two before we went and saw this movie, and uh, in Ghostbusters two you could really see the stop action and the claymation that they did. Uh, and it doesn't quite hold up when they remaster it because you can see kind of the halo of the outline where the green sure. screen would have been and such. So, uh, but what they did in this one, instead of just going full uh, CG, they use practical effect. Yep. And that really works for me. I love that. Obviously, when the, the, the Hellhound runs, it's got to be CG. But when they could, they used a practical rubber dummy with like gooey drool and all this yep. stuff. And they didn't, uh half acid as it were uh with just going like full cg they committed to that and making that character scary in its own right 
I read something really funny. It made me laugh on Reddit. Uh, someone they were doing like a spoiler post on one of the Reddit pages on Ghostbusters, and it someone was like, you know what really took me out of the movie? That Walmart had no one in it. <laughs> <laughs> uh too real uh sorry like seriously when i go to walmart it's almost like there's no one working and the people that are working will run from you and hide well at nighttime for sure they don't want to during the day too depending on the walmart you go to someone said someone said you know it was realistic that paul rudd didn't even it didn't phase paul rudd when someone screamed in the back of the walmart (laughs) yeah not at all (laughs) that stuff happens at walmart it sure does uh but yeah i like that whole scene the little the little stay puff marshmallow men were cute that was uh that was just hilarious if you didn't have it in it it wouldn't have been anything for me but having them in there it worked for me i thought they were cute (laughs) well my favorite thing and it just it just cracked me up to no end when it happened was when they die and they die in the exact same fashion that the original Stay Puft Marshmallow Man dies. And they oh, like yes. light on fire and they're all yeah. like, ah! it's like literally the exact same face that he makes And Oh my God. That, that just cracked me the heck up. I laughed when the, when the one in the blender splattered around <laughs> and then had the big smile still. <laughs> yeah. As a smear on the blender. Yeah, yeah, totally. And then of course he meets uh, one of the hellhounds and he's like, Hey, but it starts you know, to, that was so good and he, but like paul rudd jumping into the car because he already doesn't have a windshield yeah oh that was awesome and then when he did lose his windshield and he's taking home podcast yes podcast just has his head like resting all <laughs> serene with the wind in his face and paul rudd's picking the glass out of like the the seal it's oh. so funny why did you name yourself Paul? or why do you why do you have the nickname podcast because i have a podcast oh who nicknamed you that myself myself <laughs> i liked it a lot uh i loved the um oh my podcast is uh, blah 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 i really it really catches its voice at episode 46 and then later <laughs> ray's like Man, what are you I doing agree. and he's like i got a podcast it's called blah 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 and ray's like oh you're mg that's blah, blah, you blah. yeah like, you're my subscriber <laughs> and he's like man you really catch your voice in episode 46 yeah uh, that was so good. That was a good oh, call. It was really cute to me. Um, the key master gatekeeper stuff was fantastic. But what really got me was when uh, when Callie is already the gatekeeper and she's sitting in the chair doing the, you know, that thing from the first yes. movie. And the podcast clips up and she's like petting podcast face. She's like, are you the key master? He's like, yeah. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that he was kind of like the new Ray. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, they definitely set it up to be this, like, I will watch these kids grow up and be Ghostbusters and be totally happy with that. Oh, completely. Um, there is so much to to watch and love in this film, Passengers. I mean, it is a really is just one big love letter to the original films without being a wink, wink, nod, nod every five minutes. Um, We don't even meet the original Ghostbusters until the last 15 minutes of the film, Um, which some people might say is a detriment towards the film, but I don't. Uh, I don't. uh, Like, here's the thing is I could use more of the original cast in a sequel to this movie. Yes. Which... I think it totally happened. Uh, but uh, right now they're trying to start something new. 
So I think that they had to take that focus away from the original cast and then bring them in because these guys got to prove themselves. They got to prove that they're worth their salt or whatever you say, yeah, whatever yeah. people say. So, uh, yeah, I think that it's great. I mean, don't get me wrong. Would I have loved to see more of the original cast? Sure. But I mean, it just would have, it would have kind of been like, all right, we saw that now. Bye. You know? I think it would have been too much wink, wink, nod, nod. Remember this. Yeah. And not really enough opening to something new. And this was also, not only was it a love letter of the original, not only was it a passing of the torch, um, but I would also argue that it was it was uh, Spangler's goodbye. It was Harold Ramis's swan song. Yeah, they even do the tribute after in the credits, like right okay. for Harold. So let's let's talk about this. The ending uh-huh. of the movie, of course, is them taking on Gozer, and yes. and really, actually, quite creepy uh, when Gozer comes out and it's Gozer's like half gone because they sucked in uh, Zool. Or Vince Clortho, whichever one, uh-huh. um, into the the trap, and they're trying to lead her back to the giant trap that Egon made that he was not able to get working. Right. Um, and this is, of course, before we meet the original Ghostbusters again. So they all uh, are running from from Zool, and, and Phoebe's like being a total badass and uh, taking on Zool or, or Gozer herself. I'm sorry, or uh-huh. himself or itself, and. Um, they're they're taking on Gozer and stuff is starting to not work, and 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 Gozer's strong and basically grabbing hold of the of the stream from the from the from the wand and, uh-huh. and whipping it, being able to whip it at people, which I thought was totally cool because it's like Gozer is so powerful because they were able to finally come back up out of the mountain with all of the souls that that Gozer has gotten over the years. Uh-huh. Um, which also awesome trap that uh, Egon, Egon made. Up. Yeah, like the, yeah. Four, the four neutrino wands that yeah. she and whenever they, it's about to come and out. they they talk about him like he ran off to like hawk the stuff, you know. But no, he set up a legit trap. He buried like a hundred traps in the ground and tried to bolster the uh, the neutrino beam. Uh, right, uh, the proton beam, rather. Pro- we'll just say proton beam. And yeah. uh, no, I just, I just keep, I just keep saying the wrong. I keep watching too much 2012, and they are talking about neutrinos, neutrinos the whole time. So that word just keeps popping out of my mouth. But no, the the proton stream. Uh, he, he's trying to bolster it, and in in his first attempt, where he actually dies in the beginning of the movie, uh, the entire trap fails, yeah. and it's something that they had to deal with in the end uh, scene of this movie or end the sequence. Uh, where we finally see the original cast. And I, I do love it. Like the, the, the brother gets it finally. And is like, Oh, if I shoot these things, it'll conduct everything and we'll have more power. But, right. Um, yeah. It's just like, wait, we need, we need power. Uh, oh, I have power. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, you see the three streams come off and they of course uh, grab on to Gozer. And then we see that it's the original Ghostbusters. Um, also did love the fact that they never once played the Ghostbusters theme until they became the Ghostbusters. Yes. Which was really nice. Cause I thought actually that, um, when they were driving the, um, Ecto one back, I thought that they'd start the song, but they didn't. And I was like, Oh, it yeah. feels like this should be right here. And then it didn't uh-huh. happen. And I was like, Ooh, 
All right. Okay. Let's see where they go with this. Um, so it was really nice to kind of have that. Oh, they are not going to play this until the, they are the Ghostbusters. Um, but yeah, so having the three Ghostbusters back going after Gozer and then uh, Phoebe's going and, and shooting it and they need more power. And then all of a sudden you see this ghost hand grab her hand and help her steady the wand. Oh, dude. And and this is they, where the tears start coming. They pan back and it is. It is Harold Ramis as a ghost. It is Guiding Egon's his granddaughter's hand holding her hand. And it's just this tear up moment of amazingness because one, they just recreated Harold Ramis uh, perfectly. So perfectly. And it didn't look like CG. Like you could have told me that Harold Ramis came back from the dead. And yeah. That was him because it was perfectly done in my opinion. Yeah, the only thing that to complain about is that he doesn't speak at all, which, uh, which is the only flaw in this uh, CG stuff is that they really can't get the lips right. So they just kind of make the the avatar or whatever you would call it uh, emote, like just kind of like and know, was, sigh or I was okay with that. Big. I'm very okay with it, but I also because he's a ghost, he might not be able to speak yet. And I'd be okay with that because there were, we knew throughout the whole movie that he was trying to speak to them and the way that he did it was move stuff. So right. he would, he would move the chess pieces. He, he would certify uh, the lamp. Exactly. Or he would use the, um, the, the ghost finder. Oh my God. I know the name of it, but I can't think of it right now, but the little, the PKE meter, yeah, the, P, the PKE meter. And um, he wouldn't use that to, to try to contact them. And then the light, of course, moving the light to show stuff. I love the scene where Callie goes down and finds that secret bunker. And, yes. and, and, e, and Egon is just showing her like, hey, I didn't I didn't forget about you. I really am uh, not a jerk. I loved you. And I followed you this whole time. And I was I watching just had you to be here. I just had to be here. Yeah. That was so such a beautiful moment um because Callie's just so broken like she's so yeah. broken from her father not being around and you know that and thinking egon, it's just because he's a jerk yeah and you know that egon feels that and that just it's heartbreaking but when he comes back and and he helps and i love it the all four of them are standing next to each other holding the guns with phoebe there as well Yes, and, uh, holding the wands and shooting Gozer and and them opening the trap and stuff. But I love when, when you know Ernie Ernie Hudson when uh, Winston looks at him and then Bill and then uh, uh, Peter looks at him and then Ray looks at him and it's this beautiful moment of them being like, oh my god, he's with us. Yeah, and also that you know a lot of remorse because like you know they we all... should have listened to you. Mm -hmm. You were right, man, and you're here to back us up post mortem. Yeah. And uh, oh, just them being able to tell him like, hey, I'm, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm, I'm sorry that we thought that you left us. We're, we're sorry that we didn't listen to you when we should have. Um, you know, he's just like, no, we're, we, we did it. We fixed this. We did this. It doesn't matter. And then him hugging Callie at the end, that was just that. That was the nail on the head for me where I was just like, well, I was uh, tearing up and now there's more. Yeah. I mean, anybody, if you obviously you lost a loved one, this will mean something to you. But anybody who's lost a grandparent. Yeah. You know, like to see that you're just like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're just like. <laughs> and, and Callie's hugging him and then the, the particles float away. 
And then as the particles float away, it's not even the ending of the movie. I mean, it's the ending, but it's not the ending yet. And the particles float away and as they're floating into the, into the air. It says for Harold. Yeah. It's just, Oh, it's just a beautiful moment. It's a beautiful moment for actually just a really good movie. And I'm, I'm, you know, there's, it's not over because of course they, they, they're like, okay, let's see where this goes. I love the little joke where uh, I love, well, so of course you have the two hounds. Now they're just charred bodies, just like they were in the first movie. Uh-huh. And, uh, they get um, Mr. Gruber, Gruberson out, but Lucky had become one. And Lucky's hand is coming out of it, just like Dana Barrett's hand is coming out from the first one. Yes, yes. I was like, yep, love that little callback there as well. Um, <laughs> but Gruberson and Callie talking to each other, and, and she's like, well, you know, back there, when we were the turning into the hellhounds and uh, I think we, uh, and he's like, yeah, I think we did too. It's like this really funny moment yeah. that they realized that they, they hooked up. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was cute. And this, <laughs> then let's, I guess let's talk about the, uh, the end credit scenes. Okay. So you get this wonderful scene of Dana Barrett using the little cards with the star and the squiggly lines from the first movie on Bill Murray. Yeah. Oh, that was so great. And he's like, you always use it as a pickup line, essentially, right? Yeah, he's like, I never, gag. I never shocked the women. I only shocked the men. Yeah. Uh, she shocks him for that. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That was so funny to see that little box and to hear it just like the original. Started to get pissed off, man. Uh, yeah. But the um, she's like, how are you getting all these? You marked the cards, didn't you? And he's like, I marked the cards. <laughs> he tries to say no no i didn't i didn't and then, uh, then he's she like, shocks him i think and then he's yeah, like, All right, i, did, I, I did. marked the cards uh, it was really nice seeing sigourney weaver uh just back even if it was just for a small scene like that because i don't there was there was really no reason for for her to come back uh but to know that she and pete married was actually really nice Absolutely. Uh, that they actually got or stayed together and they're still together. Um, so that was a really nice little teaser scene at the end. Uh, and then the very, very end credits is Annie Potts is back. She was in it for a few minutes in the, or for a few seconds in the uh, beginning of the movie. She, she was the handler of, of uh, Egon stuff, but um later she you know she's talking to winston and uh, winston has made it he he has a company that's an internationally uh traded internationally uh known business and he's making lots of money and he still funds uh raise uh, a cult Book bookstore shop. that cracked yeah. me up it'll it'll turn a profit one of these days yeah <laughs> cracked me up um sometimes you gotta support your friends like that right and but he's like uh, he basically buys the original um, Ghostbusters firehouse again. And, uh-huh. he's, and he's talking to Annie Potts about it all. Uh, we see this really cool scene uh, where, where Egon and Annie had this coin and they, they shared a coin together. Uh-huh. She had one and he had one it was kind of a nice little uh, throwback. Um, but anyway, you see, uh, Winston going into the house, into the firehouse, and he's basically saying, I'm going to train these new Ghostbusters. Yeah. Um, and 
then they start going down the basement stairs like the camera does. Uh-huh. And you see the, the ecto chamber light blinking red. Yeah. I was just like, yes, you just set up a sequel that I'm excited for. So, yeah, exactly. And uh, you know that they're going to go to the city now that they know that their uh, grandfather slash father is not a jerk. And they know that they have a place to go and also a benefactor, a very rich benefactor. They're going to go back and uh, essentially continue the story in their own right. And this cracks me up because Mark and I are talking about this passengers in the credits. Like we're just as the credits are rolling. I was like, you know, it would be a really good sequel is if Winston takes over and trains a new generation. Yeah, exactly. He does that in the credits, says he's going to do that in the credits. And I was like, yes, I finally yes! got something spot on. <laughs> uh, I was really excited about that. But um, congratulations. I, thank you. I can, um, I was telling someone, someone asked me tonight uh, what I thought about it. And I said, uh, I've sat on this a few nights now and um, it's pretty, it's pretty rare lately that I want to see a movie again in the theaters. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Oh, exactly. And and I think as of now, as of as of November right now, it's November twentieth, twenty twenty one. As of right now, I think that um, Ghostbusters Afterlife is my favorite movie of twenty twenty one. Absolutely, it is my personal favorite. Is the best one, maybe not, but it is my personal favorite. It is, uh, and. And, and of course, the only other movie that I can see topping it would be Spider-Man No Way Home, uh, which we already know. Right. Epic. And there's only right. one way that it'll overthrow Afterlife. And that's if. And, and like I said earlier, for me, it's the most. Yeah. And like I said earlier, though, the most Im- it's the most impactful movie for me. So like when Tony Stark dies in Endgame. I was I was crying. I'm sorry. Like I, I will admit it, dude. I was whimpering like a like a little girl or a little guy, a uh, little person <laughs> who skinned their knee on the playground, and I'm just like, <laughs> and I'm trying to play it cool, but I'm like shaking the seat, and my wife is next to me, and she starts to like grip my hand harder and all this stuff, and I'm just like, crap, she knows. <laughs> but yeah. but like seriously, this is the first movie since Endgame that did that to me. Because, you know, I was, I was very attached to Egon. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Venkman. I love Ray. I love Winston. But as a science hound, man, I was just so attached to Harold Ramis uh, from a very young age. And so when this happened and on top of that, having lost my grandfather at a very young age, like to see that hand gripping his granddaughter and guiding her hand, uh, making sure that she's safe. It just meant a lot to me to see that. And I think, I mean, it would mean a lot to anybody who's lost somebody in their life like that. Yeah. This I'll say this. I really, we had kids in our theater, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the kids were so excited. Like usually I'm annoyed when kids yeah. are talking in the movies, but like to hear yeah. the excitement where the kid's like, Oh, it's Egon. And yeah. I'm like, dude, the dude, whoever's father was in the theater with us. You raised your kid, right? Raised him right. Yeah, that's exactly what I said in my head. (laughs) I was like, dude, that's awesome, man. This kid behind me is excited as hell to see these. Oh, it's Egon. Oh, look, it's Peter Bankman. Oh, look. Even when Dana came on the screen, he goes, it's Dana. And I was like, dude, I, you rock, man. You rock, little one. 
like father of the year award right there awesome i was so happy about that but yeah it was it was really cute like when i was watching uh ghostbusters before we saw the movie i was watching it on tuesday or something like that Uh Uh, my kid walks in and he looks at the screen and he goes daddy is that ghostbusters oh dude you're three years old and you know because he he watches some of like the youtube kitty recreations of it yeah yeah he associated it i was like yes dude because he loves ghosts and skeletons and all that jazz so he sat and watched a little bit of ghostbusters with me until his add mind was like okay on to the next thing please um yeah but yeah i thought that was cool but yeah dude i'm all about that like it's a fun franchise for the family and there's a lot of jokes that are going to go over kids heads. So it's totally fine for you to bring your kids and watch a movie like this. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I didn't, it wasn't until I was older when I watched ghostbusters again for the first time in five years or six years or seven years or whatever, where I was like, Oh, well, there's some sexual jokes in here. Yeah, there sure are. Um, But you know, same thing with afterlife. There's a couple sexual jokes, but none of them are ever going to, your kid's never going to be like, Oh, sex until um, they're like yeah you know how old like 15 14. yeah 14 yeah <laughs> i don't know how old young kids are nowadays that they uh learn about that stuff but uh i when i was 14 years old i had no clue so or when yeah. i guess i guess when i was 13 when i was 14 and, and the internet happened then yeah then we got a clue <laughs> it is what's my fragile little band <laughs> uh, yep. must see must see Absolutely. Must see. Absolutely. I can't, I, we really can't stress that enough. Must see. If you're a Ghostbusters fan, must see. Um, yeah. Must Don't see. get me wrong. I think that people may have wanted something completely different and that's fine. But uh, I, as far as paying tribute uh, and making this be able to continue on, they did it perfectly. And so I really have no complaints with this movie, um, except maybe, yeah, not knowing who the mom is, but it's not necessary. Uh, I mean, how many stories these days do we have like, oh, the dad was a deadbeat and left us, and we have no idea who the dad is. So, yeah. Um, so it's totally fine. Um, trying to think of anything else possibly that would have upset me. Oh, maybe. Rick Moranis randomly showing up. Maybe that could have happened. That would have been kind of cool. Someone he's in New York. It would have been really nice if Tolly would have uh, shown up with one more uh, proton pack to help. Exactly. Um, But, you know, it's like in part two. Look, Rick Moranis, uh, I I would have I would say, oh, I hate this that he's not in it. But at the same time, it's like his reasoning for retiring from acting. Yeah. uh, is so noble that he wanted to take care of his children after his exactly. wife died. Exactly. That I can't. You can't fault him for him. it. And so for him to choose that he's going to um, come back into acting uh, by doing the next Honey, I Shrunk the Kid movie. Okay. I'm okay with that because I do love Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah, of course. So, um, but even like how hard would it have been to do, a, you know, like a day for a cameo? You know what I mean? They tried and they tried and they tried and they tried. So, um, and it wasn't until they had finished filming that he had gotten the script for Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I'm trying to think of anything else that I can complain about. Just nitpicking if I could, you know, uh, anything else you can think of that you have loved to have seen or just Uh, not loved. Yeah, exactly. It's so hard to pin down anything 
uh, disappointing. I mean, it, it would have been too much had they added things from the sequel to try to go back to. Then I would have said that's member berries. Maybe uh, Gozer's makeup was a little bit. I think off. they just they just. But again, updated nitpicking. Or, or yeah, just updated. I'm nitpicking. It's Gozer, it's, yeah. it's it's so hard to dislike this movie. So again, must see. Get in the theaters. Don't miss it. And if you do, make sure you watch it at home as soon as you can. Yeah, I will be definitely buying this one to add it to my uh, my and movies because I will day, be wanting to watch it. Yeah, the day after the... Actually, no. Yeah, that evening. That evening. I got home from Steak and Lobster uh, at uh, Longhorn Steakhouse, like you recommended. Uh-huh. And it was good. It was very good. And uh, and I was like, I want to watch it again. Like yeah. I could have seriously done a double feature with this movie in the same day. That's yeah, how was, good this movie is. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, I, I would definitely have sat down and watched it again uh, after like having dinner or whatever. Yeah. And then just like, okay, gonna watch it again. See you later, honey. Um, <laughs> yeah. I thought I'm still thinking about going to see it on Monday. Uh, this Monday just to see it again. Cause I liked it that much, but uh, we'll see. There's a lot going on, but um, it's still a thought process. It depends on if there's other movies that I haven't seen yet that I've been wanting to see, but uh, I can't, right, right. I don't, I don't know what's coming out until no way home. Right. Like no way home is like the, the big next movie. So, well, let's yeah, and obviously that'll take the cake, but for now, let's do our, uh, and segment. Always never All drive. Right. Oh, this is tough. Right. And so I was gonna put oh. uh I was gonna put uh Winston in there. Um mm-hmm. uh my brain again went totally blank on his name. Ernie Hudson. Mm-hmm. I was gonna put Ernie Hudson in there, but I thought <laughs> let's make this a little bit harder. So Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, or JK mm-hmm. right? JK Simmons only being in the movie for two seconds, but uh it's still it. it's tough that's like that's uh like, like saying jk simmons was in spider-man um far from home so oh that's this is so tough and people are probably gonna kill me for my answer i already know what i'm gonna say uh okay let me go first yeah go ahead okay so <sighs> be prepared my uh-huh. always Oh, okay. Dang it. Dang it, dang it, dang it. You want me to go? Okay, I'm going to say always Dan Aykroyd. Oh. Dragged to J.K. Simmons. Oh. And never Bill Murray. How dare you? I don't know. I, I don't know, even, right? I don't even know I you. Know. I don't even know I know. You. I told you you're going to hate my answer. Welcome uh, to podcast, uh, the Pop Culture Elevator. I'm your host, Danny. I do not have a co-host anymore. <laughs> but honestly, like for me, like while I was doing this, I was it was I was like, it's either going to be Dan or Bill that I would that I'll that I'm going to put in my never just because I like J.K. Simmons that much. Hey, Lance from the Night Nerd. Yeah, uh, taking over. Would you like to be <laughs> the next co-host for Pop Culture Elevator? But there are things that I can't. Uh, Live without with Dan Aykroyd. What? Come on, because uh, what is it? It's uh, like nothing but trouble, right? Uh, or is nothing to lose? Something like that. Uh, the uh, and then uh, 
Oh my god! And obviously, and the thing is, is that if I do Dan Aykroyd, I still get Bill Murray films. You know what I mean? Sure, but I almost say that those can't even count. Yeah. So, but either way, uh, there are other like cult, like occult movies that he's done that I really, really like. Uh, was that him in the Burbs? Uh, no, it wasn't. But I always uh, I used to get them confused as well. The best yeah. friend. Yeah, they almost. No, it's looked... John. It's uh, John Candy, right? No, it's uh, uh, no, not in the Burbs. Oh, who's the old, the Burbs was like guy. Nick Nolte. Then I'm thinking of like nothing but trouble or nothing nothing to lose. Uh, is that the one with uh, with um, with Chevy Chase and and uh, yes. Yeah, I think it's Demi Moore, right? Uh, yes, 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 yes. Nothing but trouble. Dan Aykroyd, Chevy Chase. Uh, yeah, and Demi Moore and John Candy. Yes, yeah. So John Candy is the old ugly dude. Uh, that's like the patriarch. Of yeah, that yeah. I remember nothing but trouble. Uh, and it's it's so good. I remember that um, movie. But yeah, and that's yeah. the only reason I would I I. I can't I because don't get me wrong, like I love Bill Murray and he's done some more recent stuff, but it's also the obvious answer, which I don't like to do. So that's the reason that's the only reason Bill Murray is not in my always, is just because it's the obvious answer, and I'm just not gonna do it. Well, I'll I'll go this way. I'm always gonna see Bill Murray. I am gonna get dragged to JK Simmons, and I'm never yes. gonna see Dan Aykroyd. Uh Again, it has nothing to do. I love Dan Aykroyd movies. I mean, come on, yeah. that's that's uh, yeah, uh, Indiana Jones. He's in Indiana Jones. Uh, yep, the, the Coneheads. Yep. Uh, you know exactly. Thank you, Coneheads. Oh my God, my girl. You know, like all these movies. Gross Point Blank. You know, he's in a ton yep. of movies. I, I I love I love Dan Aykroyd, but J.K. Simmons is a class actor. That I I can't uh, can't ever, live without. I can't live without J.K. Simmons. I mean, have you seen Whiplash? Exactly. That movie. Boom. Is, that movie just right there is career uh, high for J.K. Simmons. Not to mention like all the other things he's doing. Plus the yeah. fact that he's Commissioner Gordon now. And um, also, Bill Murray did Garfield. So, <laughs> <laughs> but Bill Murray for me is is even in, I, I I would argue that I love older Bill Murray. Yeah, um, and I mean Kingpin, dude. Like older Bill he's Murray. hilarious in Kingpin. Oh, Kingpin, they're making a Kingpin two. Groundhog um, Day. Gra- oh, sc- Scrooged. Like I just can't do without uh, Bill Murray. Bill Mur- and Bill Murray's just yep. a class act human being. Exactly. Uh, shows Which up. I'm remiss to put him in my never. It's just I don't want to be obvious. And and again, like movies like Lost in Translation, Career uh, yep. Highs, the type yep. of movies. Um, God, he's apparently he's going to be an Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, nice. Gosh, the stuff he shows up in. Uh, I mean, come on. He's, he's awesome. He was he even did a cameo in Dumb and Dumber 2. He was the dude making oh meth. God, that's so funny. Uh, but, but also, uh, you know, Dan Aykroyd is a writer. You know, he's written right, these things, right. you know, so. In that regard, I just I feel like he's slightly more decorated. But what about Bob? 
Caddyshack. Oh my God! What about Bob? So amazing. What about Bob? Was greatness. Oh, was so much greatness. And the only other reason I can put him in my never is because I've seen those movies so many times. And what about normally a stack to put him in always? What about one of your favorites, Mark? Osmosis Jones. Dude, seriously, I was obsessed with that movie, and he is hilariously disgusting in that movie. I did the one when the pimple pops, (laughs) and he lands on the Molly Shannon's face. (laughs) Oh my god, dude! But yeah, for me, it's it's Bill Murray and J.K. Simmons, and then Dan Aykroyd's out. But that's saddening for me. Like it's sad yeah. because I love Dan Aykroyd. So uh, yeah, Blues Brothers, man. He's, he's exactly. Blues Brothers. Blues Brothers. He is exactly. the reason we have the blues, uh, the um, House of Blues. Exactly, dude. Like that's, that's what I'm talking about. Like but, it's, it's, that's why he's in the old. Luckily, like, luckily, these are things that they're just mind experiments and not actual things that we have to say goodbye to. Exactly. Exactly. I could, I could never do it. I love. And I knew what your answer was going to be, and I just didn't want it to be the same. Yeah, we also, had to spice it up a little. But I. But we both put J.K. Simmons in there, which makes it a uh, can't That's, live without J.K. Simmons. Yeah, I cannot live without J.K. Simmons. I'm sorry. <laughs> Man, he even made farmers insurance better. Right. Boom. 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 Oh man. Okay. Well, you know what? You know what J.K. Simmons also makes better. What's that? Our sponsor. <laughs> all right wish jk simmons was our sponsor oh that'd be awesome okay passengers birthdays and news time <laughs> so let's start off november 21st with bjork <laughs> do you know what i'm quoting there do you understand my no quote? do you know do you remember ck white where they go to iceland and they're outside of bjork's house oh bjork! yeah bjork yeah i always just think of that when i think of bjork yeah, and this then, is like full on the, 90s. Sadly, the next scene is a big butt pooping in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> then they then they put the all class. Oh god, they were so bad to each other. Poor Ryan Dunn getting the the, the poop cloth put in his face. Mm-hmm. Congratulations! <laughs> <laughs> Stuff that gets stuck in my mind. Like that lives in my head rent-free. Holy crap. Yeah. Um, but Bjork, man, makes some weird music, but I actually really like her music. Um, she'll be in a new movie from, uh, the director of, uh, Hereditary and Midsummer. It's a Norse Viking film coming out. Oh, very cool. It seems like it's going to be awesome. I think it's called The Northman. Looks really good. Or I say it looks really good. It sounds really good. There's no trailer yet, but Mm -hmm. I'm excited for it. November 22nd, we have Miss Scarlett Johansson. Yes, Black Widow herself. Black Widow herself. I really like Scarlett Johansson. I think she's a great actress. Uh, I will, one of those ones that I always go see her movies. Yeah. And uh, oh my God, why am I going blank on the movie that it's her and Chris Evans and they're trying to get it? It's uh, the perfect score. Uh, that is where I believe the, I think that's the first movie I saw her in. Oh, the perfect uh, score where they're trying to steal the SATs. Yes. And oh my I'll God. always remember that. And I haven't thought of that movie in forever. They've been yeah, acting well, together about it. since they were kids. Yeah, exactly. So that, I mean, even without the Marvel universe, like this actress is so good. And, uh, you know, I, I still don't quite understand the aftermath of like what happened with her lawsuit between like, 
We'll talk uh, about that in the news. We'll talk about um, that in the news. Oh, heck yeah. But either way, you know, I'm very happy for her that, you know, that she went for what she deserved. Right. Uh, because I do feel like that was a super huge intentional gray area and she got shafted. Yeah. So, well, uh, I don't think I, I don't know if I think Disney was trying to shaft her or not. No, I but I don't I don't think that they intended to make it right either. No. Yeah. Well, yeah, there was no good intentions in the whole thing. But yeah, yeah they're just like, whoops, sorry, not a box office. And it, it, should, it was box well, office weekend. You could, they, they probably expected her not to do anything. So. Right. And uh, I guess that's uh, one way to run a business. Yeah, well, they're making tons of money. They are. Um, November 23rd, we have Miley Cyrus. Yeah. It's uh, uh, party we, in the USA. Party in the it's a wrecking ball. Yeah. Gaming like a wrecking ball. And had that little piece of music made a cameo in Free Guy, our last episode. And uh, so <laughs> my brain was just thinking about where did I see something that made me laugh about the wrecking ball? And then you just said Free Guy. And I was like, oh, that's, <laughs> that's the one. That's the one. That's where my brain was. <laughs> that was a great, great little part of that movie. Uh, yeah. I don't hate Miley like, Cyrus. Yeah, gener- would you say that this is like she's this generation's Madonna? Like as far as not like music quality wise, but like as far as being out there and just provocative, uh, all the provocative behavior and all that stuff. Part like of me wants stage. to say I would say that belongs more to Britney Spears, but okay, uh, that Miley Cyrus kind of takes that cake as well. I don't know. It's hard to say. Miley Cyrus. Uh, I feel like Britney Spears would have been like kind of like our Madonna because she Madonna was technically our Madonna. Yeah. Uh, so, so I felt, I don't know. I feel like because Britney Spears hasn't really been well until more recently, like super provocative. Like, I mean, she is, but not right. as provocative I, as Madonna. She tried. She, there were definitely tries. I mean, when she had that uh, thing where her and Madonna kissed during the uh, oh yeah movie awards, like that whole thing. But I don't know. Uh, Miley Cyrus is cool. She's fine. Like, there's no, I don't really have any hate. I think her last album was actually pretty fantastic for like a rock album. Yeah, I think she um, just got overplayed for me. I you would, know? yeah, and I would, I would actually more reckon Miley Cyrus to like Joan Jett, possibly. Okay. Um, okay. not as she did that. She covered her. Yeah, music, she did so. cover Joan Jett, but not not because because Joan Jett's like Joan Jett, you know. Joan Jett is yeah, she's legendary. Yeah, but uh, I would say that Miley Cyrus would be closer to Joan Jett than Madonna. But uh, I could see the 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 thought process behind it. I think Miley just needed to go through some stuff to figure herself out uh, and to get out of her Disney contract. So, yeah, well, yeah, that too. But uh, also, you know, out of the out of her father's shadow. I mean, come on, it's it's freaking Billy Ray Cyrus. Billy Ray. Yep. Don't break my heart, my achy breaky heart. Um, <laughs> no, November twenty. I don't know why I got that. I thought that was Garth Brooks for the longest time. <laughs> That's funny. November 24th, we have another person who who is stuck in the shadow of their parent, their father, Colin Hanks. Yes. Oh, my God. And that's a shadow. I'm sorry. That is a long casting shadow, dude. I'm sorry. Colin Hanks would do more. Not that he hasn't done a lot, but I thought he would be in a lot more. I mean, come on. I love Orange County. Dude, that just popped up for me on... uh like HBO, like things that you could watch next or whatever. And I was just like, yep, that's happening soon. Oh, Orange County's on HBO Max? Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely worth a watch. 
Yeah, totally. Oh my gosh, it's only it's worth a watch for Jack Black jumping in the pool with his socks on. Exactly, and uh, you know his hat and, convention and Harold Ramis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, Sean, that is neat. We're the same height. <laughs> that is neat. Oh man, you took my joke. I was gonna work that in somewhere. There he does because uh, I. Harold Ramison goes posted, but heck yeah, I'm glad it came up either way. So but yeah, good. like Colin Hanks, like after Orange County, because he, uh, however hilarious that movie is, he really grounded that movie. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I thought that he would be able to do a hundred more movies like that, just like an, an amazing comedy, just like his dad. And he brings some of the wackiness, but not nearly as much as his father. But he makes the movie classy and respectable. I think Colin Hanks probably just didn't want to do as much as his dad does. I mean, you've got yeah, it's well, Tom Hanks. It's Tom Hanks. Hanks. Yeah, how do you? Yeah, exactly. So you know, but Colin is realm. Colin is a different actor. Yeah, uh, with a different tone and also I, a different time. Could you imagine right. Tom Hanks movies like uh, not Animal House, uh, Bachelor Party oh, coming gosh. out these days? Like, oh, gosh, yeah, we would get canceled so fast. But yeah, <laughs> I like Colin Hanks. I like him enough. Um, November 25th. Although we have The Hangover, so. No, that's true. That was just, that was pre-canceled culture, though. It was. Uh, November 25th, we have Everybody's First Crush, Christina Applegate. <laughs> I don't know if she was ever, with children, but I definitely had a crush on her in <clears throat> with children. Oh, totally. Along with, uh, you know, Tiffany Amber Thyssen from, or Thyssen from uh, Save also by the Bell. Also with children. <laughs> anyway. She shows up. Oh, she does. Yeah. But yeah, dude, Married with Children, that was such a good show. But Christina Applegate, you know, like, and then she disappeared for a while. And then yeah. she made a comeback in Anchorman. Uh, the, and The Rocker, was that after or before that? Oh, I don't remember. I think it was after it. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, like, yeah, she started to do all these uh, uh, comedies. Remember uh, the, what was it? The sweetest thing? The sweetest also? thing, dude. You to say that? The sweetest thing, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was that so funny. Her and Cameron Diaz going at it. Oh god, they were so good together. They were. So, it makes me sad that Cameron Diaz retired from acting. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, I I didn't realize that she retired, but that's that's the I have not seen her around, so I'm like, man, she's not doing anything. But Christina Applegate does just a really good job of playing that like sarcastic, uh, bitchy character who you also love. Yeah. Yeah, she does such a great job. She's got great facial features that uh, she's able to emote really well. Exactly. Yes, like glaring daggers and such. Yeah, like or just get, that, that you're an idiot look for saying yes. that. <laughs> yeah. Got the good mom looks. Like Very your mom so. gives you that look. You're like, oh god, I'm in trouble. Yeah. Okay, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> it's the police. <laughs> it's the police. <laughs> it's an optical illusion. <laughs> it's, an, it's an optical, it's an optical illusion. <laughs> God. Oh. Who's next? Oh, Tina Turner. Oh. November 26th, we have Tina Turner, pop icon. Oh, I know. Simply the best. Better than all the rest. Better oh. than 
Also, how awesome, and I know people make fun of this movie, but I love it. How awesome was she in Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome? Seriously, I for the longest time I didn't realize that was her. I guess I was too young. Uh, but that that's so cool that that was her. Oh, she's awesome in Beyond Thunderdome. And then um, she's the mayor in the last action hero. Remember? My it's these podcasters. I just had like my eyes very wide and my mouth also <laughs> just like a jaw dropping realization <laughs> that I realized that was her. I was like, <gasps> moment. sorry that the video is not on for you to see their reaction. So that's hysterical. I think they just turned her uh, life and music into a play. My parents went and saw it in New York uh, this last, few, like a week or so ago. Interesting. Dude, she, Tina Turner made some really great pop songs. Absolutely. Uh, I, you know, I actually, I actually thought she, she, she died. Uh, yeah. And my parents were like, no, she's still alive. She's still like, alive. Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't actually realize that. <laughs> uh not trying to be rude or anything i just it didn't uh she's 80, 81 years old man wow 81. good for her oh for sure man the best what's love got to oh what's love got, got to do got to do with it Oh god, she's a, she's such a great singer <laughs> uh yeah and then uh last but certainly not never least november 27th we have an icon in his own right bill nye the science guy oh absolutely uh the only scientists that i have in my repertoire that i kind of hold more dear just because he got to me first is beekman beekman's world oh, beekman's uh, world man indeed. yeah that that's Ooh. the only other person but obviously he does not have the clout that Bill Nye has, I uh, did not continue to do his thing for a long time. Well, you remember uh, Bill Nye like disappeared for years and then came back fighting yeah. uh, global warming. Like exactly. Yeah, oh yeah. That was such a great Netflix show that he had. And now he's got such a strong voice because of that show. And I, I love that. Just a no nonsense type of guy. It's my favorite kind of person. Uh, so, uh, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's amazing. And then also with Beekman's World, we got Alana. She was the, uh, not the red. She was like the lab assistant in that. She was in Waiting, the one that's like really um, mean. Beekman's World was, Blanchard, I watched Alana it. Blanchard or something. I remember Beekman's World enough, but I don't remember. Like Bill Nye was my show. Like Bill Nye was yes, the Bill one Nye, I went to. That song, again, another thing that lives rent free in my head. Yes. Uh, I love Bill Nye. And I, I think that man is a is is, is really just a, a force to be reckoned with. And, and really, people should just listen to him like I like Bill Nye. But happy birthday to our celebrities. Yes. Happy birthday to our celebrities without whom we cannot do what we do. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. And let's go on some news. All right. So uh, Jason Reitman, of course, the director of Ghostbusters uh, Afterlife, says that Ghostbusters 2 is canon in his film. So nice. uh, it, it did happen because there's a lot of people speculating did Ghostbusters 2 not happen. I, for one, am a fan of Ghostbusters 2. I know there's a lot of people out there who don't think it's as good, but I like it. Uh, I think it's as good. 
I think it's just as good. Yeah, it's a different type of film. There are things that they jump the shark, but I love when they spray the um, the the Lady Liberty down with the goo, and then they use yeah. her uh, walking down to uh, I can't remember the song they use. And uh, head, it's my brain. Yeah, it's lifting me high. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I love that scene. I love that movie. I don't care. I love Vigo. Vigo, right? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just it's easier to attach to. It's more uh, accessible. I think it's just it's just a funnier film in, in it general. It is way funnier. And on the, top of that, they go into the occult and then we get to see that Titanic and you have Cheech oh. being like, better late than never. And so that's, I mean, it's I a classic. Is the, is, the, is the second one the one where he's like, I had a conversation with uh, Giuliani, like the original. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Giuliani. Yeah. No, it wasn't Giuliani. But yeah. Uh, yes. He had a, um, uh, a conversation with like, a mayor who's been dead yeah, for a hundred years. Remember what the mayor's name was. So I just went with yeah. New York mayor Giuliani. Who looks um, like he's a hundred. Yeah, it does. Um, but yeah, he says he says that uh Ghostbusters 2 is canon in the timeline and says that uh it will have a bigger presence in the sequel to Afterlife. Heck yeah. Because so, I mean that's really the only way they can go, honestly. Like yeah, just, just them driving back into the cityscape. You know that's where they're going with it. Probably the goo or something like that, you know. Well, then that's that's why I really liked the update to Zul, uh, Zul, uh to Gozer's uh, costume because everything is about the goo. And then on top of that, when Harold Ramis is kind of like in his lab, you see kind of a different ectoplasmic goo because he's been all over the place. So uh, you actually see that Harold Ramis has kind of a clear ectoplasmic goo. It's oh, not yeah. pink like uh, Vigo's. Yeah. Uh, and I, I thought that was so cool that, like, depending on who you are, your ectoplasmic goo might be a little bit different tint or color or texture. I love the Ghostbusters film. I'm so glad that Reitman did it and that we might get another sequel. Because even if this doesn't get a sequel, we still got something really good. Exactly. Um, Jared Leto is now calling for the ire cut of Suicide Squad. <laughs> now Leto's in on it and being like, he literally said, isn't that what streaming services are for at this point? Seriously. And I'm like, just release it all. Why not? Like, it's not going to cost you that much more to, to put together stuff that's already been filmed. And, Even and, if it's like the where they bring it in and it's like they put it in a crappy version of the deleted scene or whatever in sequence with the movie. I, I don't care. Just let me see it. I even heard David Iyer said straight up, he's like, look, I, there were reshoots for, for Zack Snyder's Justice League. I don't need reshoots. Just let me cut the footage together and put it out. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah, he's not, I mean, I'm down for it. Yeah. I'm down for it, yeah. Um, but yeah, Jared Leto's got some clout, right? So maybe uh, that will um, that will happen, possibly. Mm-hmm. I mean, why not? Yeah. Why not? Why not? There's even Zack Snyder's been been hinting that uh, he's getting the the Snyderverse back. So if that's the case, yeah. Um, Kevin Feige. So we talked about Scarlett Johansson earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, Feige says ScarJo will be producing an undisclosed Marvel film soon. So nice. That's her, a nice little uh, makeup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's and she even said she's like it sucked having to sue them, but like. 
the Marvel films are some of the most fun times I've ever had. Right. So. And seriously, like when, before Black Widow was a thing, she hooked us into that character. Right. You know, exactly. like, yes, she was Black Widow or whatever, but she was still like Natasha Romanoff and well, just, she, she uh, made her. She drew you character. in. Exactly. She, she said, hey, you know, maybe Blackwood is a little too sexual after Iron Man 2 and started toning her down and making her more of a character that's not a sex symbol that she mm-hmm. she's pretty. Yeah, but she's like a force to be reckoned with, which is a weird thing. to. It's a tightrope, right? Like to walk that line now, yes. like, a, you know, a strong woman these days. It's like, yes, you're supposed to be, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, like as have a strong sexual identity or it's like completely okay to like whatever you like or to flaunt yourself however you want to uh-huh. and so uh yeah like i just think that you know is it too much to ask for both is all I'm, like you know or t- tony tony stark is uh demonstrating the jericho it's like but i think it's a very classy route that she took especially having uh, so much involvement with disney it is nice to tone that back yeah i agree so i'm glad that she's gonna um she's gonna be in that uh, she's going to be doing that, I guess. Is yeah, absolutely. I mean, and she she deserves it after all that, and and I can imagine like how hard it must be to like you know kind of sully a relationship uh, over money, uh-huh. but then kind of, they kind of make it a they sweeten the pot with something like this. I just think that it's I think it's a classy move by Disney. I think the undisclosed film will be uh, a film about Elena. Nice. I think nice. so. That's my guess. I just I want I want her to still be around because I, I don't I feel like we I mean and, and maybe that's the whole point to her character in this Marvel universe but you know because she dies yeah. unexpectedly so we obviously she obviously died before her time um, yeah and I am remiss for that so it would be nice to see something like a prequel where she's still around or something what would like be that. really cool is if they just did a one-off show of Chris Evans going back and returning each of the stones. Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, but if he gives back the stone, it's not like Scarlett Johansson pops back out of the soul stone. Well, you know, but like maybe you see her, I don't know. Whatever. That'd be cool. Yeah. If you just get a glimpse, like, you know, yeah. Hey, bye. You know, to say his goodbyes. Yeah. Um, Jonah Hill has been cast as Jerry Garcia in Martin Scorsese's oh, Grateful whoa. Dead film. Oh, that is so cool. Yeah, I actually think that's great casting. Absolutely. That is fantastic casting right there. Jonah Hill is Jerry Garcia. I totally see it. Yeah, and I think it's definitely a notch in his belt. He's been struggling uh, for recognition as a quote-unquote serious actor, uh, you know, from his counterparts which I think is baloney. I think he's awesome. I think Jonah uh, Hill kills it, man. He's always, God, he's won a yeah. freaking um, Oscar already. Yeah, and, uh, but, you know, he, he struggles a lot with this his is... personal image and the way people perceive him, uh, and the, he feels trapped in a box, I feel. This uh, is like the that's dude the sentiment. in Grandma's Boy. This is the dude in, in, uh, in, in Strange Wilderness. Right. And I think that's what the problem is, is that he's in these comedies, these outrageous comedies. And and for some reason that they lock him out as a serious actor because he's in comedies. But I think that's ridiculous. Uh, It'd be like telling James Gandolfini, not James Gandolfini, uh, 
Paul Giamatti because he's been in funny movies and maybe he's not the best looking guy that he's not a serious actor. Right. You know, it's like, come on, dude, like get over yourself. Whoever said that. Right. But you know, it's, it's cool. I, I think that a Jerry Garcia film or that a grateful dead film from Martin Scorsese of all people exactly. uh, could work, especially with Jonah Hill being in that. Um, Indeed. Now, would it be weird to see Jonah Hill eating Cherry Garcia while playing Jerry Garcia? <laughs> it might be a little weird. I do like some Cherry Garcia, though. That's a good ice cream flavor. <laughs> this is delicious. Although I am partial to fish food. This is another band. Yeah. Um, pH, the pH there. The pH, yes. Yeah. Uh, fish. Miramax is suing Quentin Tarantino over him releasing oh, yeah. NFTs of deleted unused scenes from Pulp Fiction. Now that's kind of cool that he did that, but I uh, I do agree that honestly they they deserve their cut. Well, Miramax is just saying that they own anything related to Pulp Fiction, which kind oh. of gets into the creator ownership of things. Uh, I have a really hard time with anything Miramax since Miramax is owned by the Weinstein's. Yeah. Um, I don't like the fact that any money that they get goes towards this this jerk of a person. Yeah, I agree. And to uh, be perfectly honest, I don't really feel like, uh, like, don't get me wrong, should Miramax be compensated? Sure. But do I feel like they own it? I wish that I wish <laughs> no. that the Weinsteins just stopped. Just give it up. Yeah. Just like, sorry, like. Don't mess up. <laughs> like, just, yeah, well. and I wish, yeah, I wish a lot of things would just get handed over to the creator because uh, I want Kevin Smith that dogma back. Yeah, exactly. And I'm just, it's exactly what I'm thinking about. And I'm just like, you know what? Like, uh, it sucks, but like, maybe that guy's going to have to get a little bit of money. Uh, but I'm sorry, but like, lowball that dude. Just be like, well, this is all you're getting because it'd be great if you're lucky like, to get this. Any money that comes in goes towards, uh, you know, some fund towards reparations. Yes, exactly. Like that would be good. Like I won't take any cut of this. Any money that goes towards anything Miramax will go this way. Cause it's not like Weinstein doesn't have any money. They didn't take away his money. They just, you know, yeah. Didn't they oh. put him in jail and then uh did he did he go to jail? I don't even know right and, now. Yeah, but and and he's just like stuck to work and nobody wants to work with him. What a what a do I hope I hope, you know, I'm thinking about it now. I'm really hoping that um Miramax isn't putting out Boondock Saints three. Cause Weinstein did have a big stake in the Boondock Saints movies. Oh yikes. Yikes. Just thinking about that now and kind of the thought process on that it would really suck if that was the case yep um well that's our birthday and news so let's hear a word from our sponsor okay hey mark today's sponsor is glorious gooey paranormal plasma the paranormal plasma that's made from what they say is a real ghost that's the one our passengers have a chance to meet the ghost to give their ectoplasm to Gloria. And all our passengers have to do is type the secret code PCE21GU in the puzzle provided on their website for Gloria's Gooey Paranormal Plasma and cross their fingers. That sounds like a super fun time. Hopefully they don't become one of the ghosts. Indeed. Thanks, Gloria's Gooey Paranormal Plasma. Thanks. 
All right, passengers, you know what time it is. It is time for our elevator pitch in which Danny will have 30 seconds to convince a pretend movie executive that his movie idea is the bee's knees based off of three random words given to us by our random word generator. Danny, are you ready to take a ride? I am. But first, let me tell you a joke that I just heard. Oh, God. Okay. Teslas do not have new car smell. They have an Elon Musk. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I'm sorry. That made me laugh. All right, go ahead. Three words. Okay. Your three words are waiter, entrance, and bishop. I'll put it up. I'll copy. Yeah, I was going to say, you got to write that down, man. My brain's not picking that up. Waiter, entrance, and bishop. Uh Uh-huh. All right. I, 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 mm, have you seen Red Notice? I have not yet. I'm going okay, to well, watch so that soon. Waiter, bishop, entrance, bishop, waiter, entrance, bishop, waiter, entrance, bishop. My brain just can't stop thinking about X Men. Like I'm uh-huh. going straight to Bishop from X Men. Yeah. Uh, and I was going to be like, oh, this is an X Men movie, but uh, just can't really put waiter into that one if unless i go like really uh, excuse me uh i'm drawing a blank right now man 30 seconds to do this this is hard okay uh well once you start talking you have 30 seconds yeah i know but i'm just like trying to sit here thinking about what i could use for waiter entrance and bishop um okay this is a movie about chess the game chess isn't bishop one of the things in chess exactly yeah so uh this is a movie about uh chess but it's got a uh a different twist to it it's a chess restaurant it's a west restaurant where all of the tables have a chess set on them and you have to be playing to eat at that restaurant a chess front ch- oh i like it <laughs> Welcome to PC Presents the Chestrant. Uh, I'm sorry you walked into the wrong one. We are not the boob place where the chess place. <laughs> no legs and eggs here. I'm sorry. Um, so it's about this uh, way, this uh, boy, boy, man. I don't know. He's a person. It's about <laughs> this person who uh, he, he only plays using the bishops. Okay. <laughs> so In his mind, he can never get rid of the bishop. The bishop has to stay alive the whole time. Okay. That is, that is a smart move. Yes. And so uh, they call him the bishop because Uh of this This his nickname, the bishop. Uh, Well, he ends up coming to the chestrant as we'll (laughs) now lovingly call it. He ends up going to this chestrant and meeting this waiter and the waiter is like, the foil like he doesn't realize it but the waiter's been watching chess this whole time and learning all of the moves and becoming uh, a chess master himself Ah. and so every time he's being waited on by this waiter the the waiter will make a move and it starts getting into the bishop's head the bishop has to beat him and now the, the 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 trick here is their their entrance comes in at the very end where the waiter walks through the door instead of being the waiter he is the last person that has to 
go against the bishop. He has his grand Ooh. entrance. Um, but the, the trick to the movie of this is, is you don't know whether you're rooting for the bishop or the waiter because you're you're it's like a mind triggery that they're going to do in this film uh-huh, uh-huh. where it's like you think the bishop might be a good guy or like kind of a an kind of ace hole but the waiter might be the same either but then you can like find like their backstories and stuff and then you have to decide who you're going to root for who's our main protagonist who uh-huh. is the antagonist you don't who's know the king <laughs> you, you don't know that's the big thing is you're gonna have to it's a, figure it out and then then it's more like ooh, who do you want to win it's not like the queen's gambit where you're always rooting for anya taylor, taylor joy it's like no you you don't know who you're rooting for at this point i like it yeah that's my movie i like it yeah Kind of, it took me a minute to get there, but I got there, and I feel yeah. like I feel like I'd watch this. Chess is having its moment again after the Queen's Gambit. Uh-huh. So, uh huh. So yeah, I know I downloaded a chess app right away, <laughs> <laughs> and you never played it again. No, I play it, uh, but it's been it has been a minute. Uh, but it's just because I'm not that good. So <laughs> I'm just man. I I have played chess before. It's just so many rules that I totally forget. It's yeah. not like checkers where I know like I can jump over things here and there. You know? You get it. Once you start to once you start to play like sure. after like five games or so, you start to get but watching the Queen's Gambit and realizing there's so many more ways to play, and I'm just like <sighs> I'm out. Yeah, I'm like a low, I'm like stuck at like level, I think eight hundred or nine hundred. I've beaten the uh the character uh Ann Taylor plays, but uh once but that i got really lucky <laughs> i can't i didn't beat her again after that the computer had a virus then yeah they have a computer <laughs> like simulation of how they play yeah it's yeah. pretty cool i'm good i i don't really feel the need to be this chess master yeah mouth if you ask me if i want to be the chest master <laughs> <laughs> the master of legs and eggs <laughs> forever another thing that lives in my head rent free is the uh, old the old strip club ads that used to be come in for our legs and eggs buffet yeah well also ron swanson like he goes to a strip club yeah. and he's like i don't really come to these places but i will not turn down a free breakfast buffet with like endless bacon (laughs) i think that was that was the uh bachelor party episode right yeah exactly yeah Yeah. god i love that show oh i love that show we're doing a rewatch right now oh it's so good silver is the man good i've i have freaking rewatched that show like three times i love parks and recreation actually i just got uh i just got the mouse rat vinyl oh hell yeah yeah it just came out not too long ago. I picked that some bitch up. Worth it. You'll five thousand candles, candles in, in wind. wind. Yes. Thank you for listening to Pop Culture Elevator. We love you, passengers. And remember, if you want to contact us, you can reach us at popcultureelevator at gmail.com, Instagram at popcultureelevator, Twitter at PCE Podcast, and our Facebook page, www.facebook.com slash popcultureelevator. Thank you again for listening. We will see you next Wednesday.